I would take credit to student works as well. Just reflecting back, I think I was only at, you know, a handful of in-person trainings. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to see this transition to Zoom, like even the fact that, you know, right now we're chatting via Zoom. Yeah. Um, and just the impact that it's been able to have, you know, over teleconference. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, we facilitate, or sorry, you facilitate trainings on a bi-weekly basis for 280 yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and instead of sitting there on our phones, distracted in our home offices, we're yeah. taking away value. Uh, yeah. And I think that's incredible that we're still able to communicate those value offerings, even through, you know, your laptop. Cause I think a lot of businesses, a lot of even schools, frankly, are struggling with that transition rate. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, I've got an amazing young leader on the podcast today, Tico Corin. He is a, going into his fourth year's Queen's Commerce, was their number three rookie operator last year, heading for over $400,000 in his second year. And really, really amazing how he structured his business, how he set up his business. Um, you know, I just, I just see the, the calmness and vision and focus that he has. And that's really quite inspiring. Um, and I really think you're going to love listening and hearing this young, incredibly mature leader. So you know what I'm up to, and that is finding amazing young leaders and making a real contribution and, and helping them develop as leaders. So if you know any leaders who want to really take a step forward in their leadership, please send them to studentworks.com. You could share this podcast. I know a number of Tico's friends from Queens came onto our program because of uh, last year because they knew Tico. You could also just send me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. Thanks so much for, for, for listening to our podcast and have an unbelievable day. So Tico, super excited to have you on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's just awesome. And just just for our our, our leaders uh, listening, you know, so Tico is a fourth year, just entering his fourth year Queen's Commerce program, and he is crushing his uh, second year in the business. He's he's just passed 100k worth of produced work, uh, produced value. Um, you know, early June, it's it's it's, and as as of June 13, has sold 285,000 on a 400k goal. So really, really awesome, you know, what you're creating here in your second year. But let's go back to what were you like before the program, before you joined, joined the program? That's a great uh, question, Chris. Definitely a, a different person altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of throughout high school. Um, so I've got ADHD, always had trouble focusing on my school. And I never felt as though I really had to, like, schedule my time. Um, and I never felt like anything in my life really challenged me doing assignments, last minute, that sort of thing. Uh, and then I worked uh, McDonald's, worked at Tim's, so saw the corporate environment. It was just kind of another pawn on that playing field, just working for that kind of corporate goal, working for other people's visions. Uh, and then uh, two summers ago, I worked for a pool company with one of my best friends. And uh, we would drive around 
in this van, service pools, we would work the filters, balance the pH, that sort of thing. And I realized that we were actually doing all of the work and we were making, you know, 15, 16 bucks an hour. Right. And clients would sometimes ask, hey, do we pay you? Like, do we transfer bad? What's going on here? And sometimes the bill, you know, $400, $500 for something we would do in an afternoon. Right. I thought like this is something we could 100% do ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that was basically the plan until I got uh, a message on LinkedIn about an opportunity like this. Uh, and I just found that you know, being able to work for myself, working hard for for something I'm passionate about has just changed my life altogether and showed me you know, what I'm capable of. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and it's And it's one of those things where there's something great about understanding oh, I've got ADHD or I've got whatever the title is or the term is. And, and it's great when, when it's just okay. And then it's all about what we make it mean. And the, the, the truth is an enormous number of entrepreneurs have ADHD, you know, and it's actually a gift. It's a superpower. If you learn how to harness it and you learn how to, you know, use discipline around the times where it's not working for you. And then as well, you look for teammates to help you, you know, when you say, I really need help, uh, you know, cause, cause you know, I, I haven't been diagnosed with ADHD cause it wasn't as popular to do back in the day. And I, and I'm sure, certain I'm not well out on the spectrum, but, but I, I I'm sure I have it. And, and again, it's, it's, it's a gift and it's something that you need to manage. So it's, it's really, it's really great that you're seeing that. And, you know, after your first year's experience, why don't you tell us about your first year's experience in the program? Yeah. So last year I um, was able to do 150,000 in revenue, ended up third uh, amongst the rookies uh, and uh, you know, some ups and some downs for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Serb came out, which you know, caused quite a few of the painters not necessarily mine, but across the board to, you know, drop off and just collect checks sitting on their couch. Yeah. Um, so last year um, really just took the time to dive into the the systems I was given, figure out what's working and what's not. And also just trying to get to know myself as a person, kind of what makes me tick and uh, definitely pushing me out of my comfort zone. I know driving home from Kingston uh, in the preseason. So early February, snow on the ground, freezing cold outside, driving home at, I think it was 2.30 p.m. I would leave after class on Friday, get home at 5 p.m. and I'd mark it for three hours. Right. It's 5 to 8 p.m., knocking on doors, just trying to you know line up work for those students we promised it for. But uh, yeah, I think just it opened my eyes, you know, A, to how much work entrepreneurship is, just putting in the time, yeah. getting the inputs down. But at the same time, like, if you take full responsibility of what you're up to, it really is crazy to see what you're capable of in a setting like that. Yeah. And so, so obviously you were involved in the lockdown, like, you know, most of us around the entire world, but it, it, it kind of, in my mind would have showed up differently as a, Hey, I'm running my first business and all of a sudden I, I can't market, you know, and, 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 you know, and again, not, not saying that was right or wrong or anything like that. That's just what was, what, what, what happened. So how did, how did you experience that? How did you handle that? You know, and, and what did you learn from that experience? That's yeah, a great question. Uh, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me that it was probably the worst possible year to start my first yeah. business. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at first, once that lockdown commenced, as you know, we weren't legally allowed to go door to door, which is the bulk of our marketing um, typically. So 
quite a bit of adjustment was required there. So it took about, I'd say, a week of moping to, you know, kind of stand up and think, well, there's no alternative. There's no other jobs for me. This is what I've committed to. You know, let's mm-hmm. make it happen. Right. Uh, so we actually switched over to a, a Facebook marketing platform, which is something, as you know, StudentWorks had never done before. So just trying to kind of learn the ins and outs of that digital marketing mm-hmm. uh, avenue. And uh, we actually found quite some success with it. Uh, I was um, driving over to clients' houses they wouldn't even come outside. I'd be walking around the backyard on the phone with them. They'd be waving right. through the glass. Uh, and then also providing like digital estimates with pictures and that sort yeah. of thing. Uh, and then now this year, we're, we're still using Facebook marketing and we're able to knock on doors. So instead of being a replacement as it was last year, it's almost supplementary to the business model. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that, you know, it's, it's caused the entire organization to learn when things like that come up. Let's pivot and then let's use that as an enrichment moving forward. Let's not only use that to solve the temporary issue. Let's actually just learn from that moving forward. 100%. And, and right now as a company, we're, we're, we're gaining 25% of our business from online sources. You know, so, you know, I know 10 years ago we would have been zero. And then, and then you know, as, you know, a period of time we're growing our web and now, and as you mentioned, really exploding in the, in the Facebook marketing, which is, which is fantastic. And, and that canvassing is, is typically the biggest early driver of the business. And then later on, it's all these other things that, that create new business, you know, next door neighbor marketing and, and getting referrals, et cetera, from, from really happy clients. And there is something uh, Tico to, I, you know, again, this is the, the toughest time to start your worst time. I, you know, again, to me, it, it's just the time you did right. But there's no question that there were really, really tough headwinds, especially for our operators, because our first year operators, because you probably would have only had one weekend where you're able to get in the field and get coached by your district manager. And then not, not opportunities to follow up estimates, except being coached online. and. So, you know, that development was slower and there's, there's no question that it, it did take, I think the, the top end off or, or definitely more impacted our rookie operators. And what would have the other choice been? Well, gee, I guess I could have sat at home on serve. I'd say it was still a really pretty good choice. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And it's that cliche, you know, life's um, 99%, uh, you know, how you respond to the things yes. that happen to you. Yeah. And so for me, I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of days sitting at home where I was frustrated, discouraged, thinking, you know, this isn't the year to run my business. Let me make that phone call. Let me opt out. You know, let me just give up. And uh, I'm very, very glad I didn't. Obviously, was able to run quite a successful business uh, in my view and make the the best of a shitty situation. And now moving forward, I had no doubt in my mind that this year, you know, whether I set my goal at 200, 300, 400, it was just possible. Because yeah. if you're able to do it in you know the worst possible circumstances, this year, as we've talked about, quite a bit of home improvement going on, yeah. I would argue the best possible circumstances. Yes. Right. So if you're able yeah. to do it in one, you're able to do it in the other. Yeah. So no doubt in my mind that this year was a possibility. Yeah. And that's really great. Like, you know, your first year, you're really facing a lot of headwinds, you know, and then this year we've really been facing a lot of rear wind, you know, now some of it were choices we've made. But yeah, there's this home improvement, a lot of clients home. On the other hand, there are there's some things that did challenge us as well as is that there was a question of should we knock on doors? You know, like there were there are a bunch of our operators who had, you know, police officers ask them or 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 
uh, I can't remember the other people, but just checking in. Hey, is this okay that you're knocking on doors with, with masks on, et cetera? Is that, is, is that, is that okay? There was, you know, it wasn't as a hundred percent black and white, you know, we felt it was, it was, it was, it was, we, first of all, we felt community safety. Everyone would be safe because we were going to step back six, eight feet. We were wearing masks. How did you experience that? What, what, what was your thinking about that? How did your customers experience that, Tika? Yeah, well, I think uh, a lot of operators I talked to said, you know, we can't be knocking on doors right now. This is frowned upon. Like, yes. I know we shouldn't be doing this. And then one question I always asked was, do you have any evidence to support that? Like, is yeah. this just um, something you, you know, made up yourself and are just reaffirming by, you know, the guesses you have about people's responses whereas i was like just go out knock on 20 doors if you get you know five uh people sending you away then you most likely shouldn't be doing that yes uh, but at the same time even in this preseason last year we marketed quite a bit i think i've only had two people in my two years running a business that explained to me the the dangers of knocking on doors in the yes. midst of the pandemic even though we're technically following all the regulations. Right. So I think for me, it was instead of making up those stories in your head, it was just go out, get busy, ask for feedback, uh, and then just, you know, see where the market is. Yeah, no, and that's actually, you're, you're right. What what actually created our, our desire to say, just stop this was in the middle of the initial lockdown, we felt like overwhelmingly client that's what that's what the look on people's eyes were that we're, we're stopping this you know and this year that overwhelmingly we could tell that you know Canadians were comfortable with us now not everybody but you know and that and that yes we were checked on by police officers or or bylaw officers and they're saying oh okay i get it you're standing back you're wearing a mask you're you know you're knocking and 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 being back so that there's no risk to the community and that's obviously the most important thing always you know, safety first, but, uh, but no, it's, it really is great just in terms of, you know, how you're looking at that. So, uh, Tico, what are top operators in your mind and top performers doing differently? Yeah, I think, uh, the biggest piece for me, um, is not only goal setting, but mm -hmm. I think goal setting combined with, uh, the systems required to, you know, realize those goals. Mm -hmm. uh, so last year, after this pandemic, I decided to just take the word try out of my vocabulary completely. So I've heard lots of people say, oh, you know, I'm going to try and lose five pounds or yeah. I'm going to try and quit smoking. And obviously those are great things to say, but that sentence, you know, isn't worth a dime and won't yeah. actually grant you any sort of change. Yeah. Um, so for me and my business, same sort of philosophy that, you know, I made a goal last year to do. Well, it was 350 and, and we upped it with, with the success we had so far. But let's say right. set my goal last year to be $400,000 in revenue. If I just you know told Devin that and then went ahead and, and tried my absolute hardest to make it happen, I probably wouldn't, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't know what is actually required of me on a weekly basis to realize that goal. Right. So for 400,000 specifically uh, from February 6th, which is when I started the business to August 1st, which is when I plan to stop selling, I was required to um, actually sell about $18,000 worth of work per week. Right. Right. Which is quite a, a decent figure there. Yes. If my average job size is about $2,000, you know, that's uh, nine completed estimates. Yeah. If I'm producing throughout the week, that's, you know, four on Saturday, five on Sunday, 
less the percentage of jobs I don't actually book, less the percentage of cancellations. It ends up being you know quite a bit of cold calling, quite a bit of you know eight point phone calls throughout the week. And uh, so I've actually got a couple posters in my room, uh, you know, one for sales, one for estimates, one for leads, just understanding like how many doors do I actually have to knock on to get there. And then after the first two weeks, uh, and I know Amir preached this as well, but if I, you know, only knocked on 400 doors in a week instead of 500, then you start to realize I set my goal at 400,000. I will never get there at this rate. And it's not a question of, hey, let me try and do this or, hey, let me see if I can get there. It's like, I know what's required of me to do this. Mm -hmm. Either I do it or I don't. Right. There's no try in that equation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just getting really clear. These are the metrics I need to deliver. It's a numbers game. And I'm just going to go play full out. And it's it's uh, yeah, I just I just love that commitment, that focus. And and one of the other things is, is I think, you know, setting a goal. And just putting your all into it, being willing not to achieve that goal. Like it's a huge, huge goal to say, Hey, I'm in full-time school. I'm going to run a $400,000 business. Like that's a huge, huge undertaking, you know, um, tell, tell me in our leaders listening, you know, how many people are on your team and, and what are you doing to sort of develop those people? How, how's, how's that process? What sort of processes you're putting into place in your business? For sure. Well, it's no secret. Like you said, a $400,000 business doesn't require the input of of one person. Uh, In my case, it actually requires the input of 15. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've got two production managers, Josh and Ava, that painted for me last year. Great assets to the business, just, you know, killer team members all around. Uh, And then we've got 12 painters, each of which in the interview I discussed with, you know, I'm not looking for painters. I'm looking for team members right? Mm-hmm. This $400,000 goal is impossible without the collective input of each of our team members. So they, uh, we actually have a marketing blitz every two weeks, where from 2.30 to 5.30, we all knock on doors. Um, never any objections. They, they want to go out and find that work. They want to do a great job on site because they, you know, understand their work reflects to our Facebook reviews and our referral leads, that sort of thing. So I think it's really about inspiring and motivating people to buy into your vision and kind of enroll them in the idea that your success um, is also dependent on the business's success. So Mm -hmm. if you want to make lots of money this summer, uh, if you want to um, develop yourself in a professional sense, in a personal sense, you really do have to buy into this vision and and kind of follow those those inputs we've set out for you. Yeah. and, And it's fun being on a winning team. Like, it's just, you know, and if you, if you look like, I know I'll look and, and see what are the, the top companies that young Canadians coming to school want to work with. And, and, you know, I guess the Canadian government is a winning team because a lot of Canadians want to work for them. But otherwise you look at the businesses that people want to work with and they're really successful winning teams, like brands that, that that really people are attached to. And so, so it really is compelling for people to go and say, Hey, I want to work with a winner. You know, I know, I know one of the really great structures as well is, is, you know, I know we also have a lot of alumni listening to our program. And, and so one neat new structure you had is, is about having your team members reach out to you. Maybe you can every day with, with their progress on the, on their, 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 their projects. I mean, you can share that. For sure. Yeah. So quite a few new systems in place this year, a couple of which my team and I have thought through a couple of which, uh, as you know, the coaches kind of came up with last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, every day we've got kind of an update system where at uh, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., 
those respective crews reach out to their production managers. And then at the end of the day, those production managers provide me with an update. So I think one thing you have to understand in running such a sizable business is that I don't necessarily have the you know, capacity to influence everyone personally on a day-to-day basis, but the way in which the business is set up and the coaching I like to think that I provide Josh and Ava will ultimately reflect those you know, kind of, let's say first line painters as well. Right. And so that system we've got in place, that feedback I like to give Josh and Ava is ultimately you know, creating that cohesive unit and, and allowing us to work as a, as a synergetic team. Yeah, I know it's fantastic. And, and again, it's just because, you know, how do you manage the scale of, of, you know, 15 team members, you know, what's, what's your, your feedback system to see that everybody's on track. And so, you know, again, we've got, we've got this, the, the system and again, for, you know, all the incredible telecommunications we have now, we can send pictures, we can send pictures of the, the budget. So we're up to date on the budget. Here's the quality of the work. We're seeing it, we're, 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 we're doing it. And, and we're seeing the business, uh, you know, complete work and satisfy clients. And I can tell you're, you know, in your home office. So able to make phone calls, able to support, able to, to find new business and, and just a really, really amazing, you know, structure to support you know a, a goal of four hundred thousand dollars you know it's just just awesome yeah I so think, uh oh, sorry chris a no please point there i was gonna say that uh especially you know a business of 15 people is, is great for a university student but in the grand scheme of things still a very small business yes um but i think one of the mindsets as well is that the more people you bring on the more diluted your kind of value proposition is and I know they say if if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself, which I think will will cripple you in running yes. a business um, <laughs> because you really do need to just find people um, that can carry out your vision the way you see fit. And then I think, and again to quote Amor here, just trusting your team beyond your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, because you know, 15 employees, you're never able to oversee everything yourself. Yeah. Just having that trust. Um, so that you know the the client satisfaction the profit margins none of that is diluted as you kind of scale effectively yeah and and it's you know there's there's a lot of you know sayings out there that really don't work or maybe work in one circumstances but not others you know so you know you have to do it right do it yourself well you know again i'm that's not what uh you know the founder of P&G thinks right now how how you know if you just really look at you know or 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 apple or just just again at scale these amazing businesses that need to develop and create great value in the world they have to again you know teach leadership and coach leadership so people can handle it because it's just impossible at scale and you know you you're finding the same thing at 15 what about 1500 or what about 150,000 as some businesses are, you know, have in the world. So it's, 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 it's using these methodologies and actually working at it in your early twenties is fantastic. So how has a, a second year here developed you into a better leader? Yeah, I think, um, when I look at it last year, majority of my time was spent coaching my six painters. Okay. Uh, and then this year, as we just talked about, um, majority of my time is spent coaching, you know, Josh and Ava who are essentially running their own businesses under me, mm-hmm. uh, who then go ahead and coach, you know, our, our 12 painters. Awesome. Um, and uh, so I think that next step uh, in terms of leveraging your coaching ability um, is what keeps me going. And then next year, let's say I was to 
know, as I'm planning to apply to a, a district manager position, right. then I'm actually coaching operators who are coaching Josh and Ava, who are coaching their painters. So yes. I think it's just continuing to build that that acumen and, and continuing to enroll, you know, that next tier and that next tier of people to your vision, I think is what's kind of motivated me to come back and, and continue plugging away. Yeah. And I know as well, like many other veteran operators, you're actually supporting a, a whole group of other rookie operators in the business, right? So why don't you share that and what you're what you're up to in supporting supporting them and what has you motivated to do that and, and play a role? For sure. So this year, uh, structure that's in place, I myself have uh, what's called an accountability group. Mm -hmm. uh, so Cam, Prosic, Cam Roach, um, some great operators on Tevin's team as well. I meet with them on a weekly basis on Thursday. We set goals for each other uh, and then we hold each other accountable as the week progresses. So right. if I say, hey, I'm going to do 20K in sales this week, you know, I'm going to continue hitting my inputs. I'm going to get to that $400,000 goal. If I don't do that, they press me on why, you know, what systems didn't you have in place? What can we actually change to make sure that you hit those goals next week? Awesome. Um, and I think in, you know, obviously it, it's their work ethic that's getting them the success that they've had so far, but almost facilitating that development has mm -hmm. been very, very uh, powerful. And, um, you know, I've 100% enjoyed that process of just seeing them develop as people and uh, just getting them to see, you know, the the value in the effort that putting in now and and just building those transferable skills. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And just for a little backstory for our leaders uh, listening is, is that and Cam are both rookie operators. And one of the fantastic things of our business is we've got 100 veteran operators and 180 or so rookie operators. So, so we've got a lot of structures like that where the veterans are, are, are really working with the rookies to really support them and take them to that next level. I know, funny enough, like I, I hear because we're just out of lockdown in Ontario, I, I hear you finally got to meet the, the two cams in person. And, and it's like, oh, this is actually what size you actually are. Oh, I got your face. But, you know, it's actually understanding you know how people are in a three-dimensional way so it's pretty pretty exciting that again all we've been able to accomplish you know over zoom over phone calls and and, and uh it's pretty fun yeah and I, would, I would say credit to student works as well just reflecting back i think i was only at you know a handful of in-person trainings mm -hmm. and it's crazy to see this transition to zoom like even the fact that you know right now we're chatting via zoom yeah. um and just the impact that it's been able to have you know over teleconference yes it's ridiculous yeah you know we facilitate or sorry you facilitate trainings on a bi-weekly basis for 280 yeah. people yeah uh, and instead of sitting there on our phones distracted in our home offices we're yeah. taking away value uh, yeah. and i think that's incredible that we're still able to communicate those value offerings even through you know your laptop because i think a lot of businesses a lot of even schools frankly are struggling with that transition right the, now. yeah with with the energy with the focus and and you know i know we have lots of breakout rooms so that so it's engaging it's exciting and and uh we we bring in alumni to come come speak and it's uh i know looking you know, to me, I think it's really important as as leaders, we go and say, what can we take from this COVID world? You know, what what can we take and 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 grab and and bring into the new future? And so there are a bunch of things that we're taking from. You know, we'll probably only have two in-person tra in trainings in the future. Now we're gonna have lots of in-person events, lots of person in-person things, but just trainings because it actually is easier, more efficient, more effective. 
at, over Zoom. You know, the, now again, if you don't have the in-person, I, I, I think it's, you struggle with the culture piece. So, so we want to bring people together. And, and, and of course as well, the, 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 the truth is in what people tell us, you know, we'll be continuing to test it and continue to hear feedback, but it's really great. You know, and it, and it's such a massive, it's, it's like a, a transportation system. And Dan Sullivan, the strategic coach says, you know, Zoom's a transportation system. It's like literally everyone's there and then boom, they're all together, saving all the, all the traffic, the time, the parking, the, the maybe hotel costs, the flights. And then bang, people are just there for that amount of time, excited. And then let's go, let's go work on their business or do whatever needs to get done. So yeah, even from an environmental standpoint, all those yeah. pages you typically print, yes. all that gas spent getting to that event center. It's just, you know, a carbon neutral way of doing it, which, yeah. which is awesome as well. Good. No, thanks. Yeah, that's that's actually a, another really, a really great thing. I know Dustin Taylor, I know he was sharing, he goes. Yeah, I just he was reflecting to our DM team. He says, "Look, I just saved this much money by doing this Zoom meeting, not having to fly, not having to go to Halifax, not him, you know." And then we would fly around all these different centers. So it's it's fantastic. So how do you think this experience will be helpful to your career and your life? A couple of different ways for sure. The first of which is the network that I'm building. Uh, so even the fact that we're having this conversation, uh, I know you put me in touch with a couple. Um, older alumni that I was able to partner with through the, the Queen's Sales Association. All right. All the like-minded entrepreneurs that I'm meeting you know, over the course of this season uh, aren't necessarily looking to run painting business, you know, in, in 10, 15 years time, yeah. but they're all looking to make something for themselves and, you know, looking to kind of work hard to realize that vision. So the network I'm able to develop, I think I'll keep for life. Uh, and no matter what sort of initiative I look to pursue, I know that I'll have people there you know, looking to pursue them with me. Uh, the other of which is the personal development piece. Um, so the transferable skills, so communication, time management, um, you know, crisis management, motivation, leadership, uh, like those are all pieces that uh, I've learned in running this business that I think will pay dividends. And in, in, like I said, whatever initiative I decide to pursue in the future, so just continuing to hone those raw skills uh, and looking to, you know, kind of put them to use elsewhere um, in the future. And then the last piece is just discovering my true self. Um, so sales is something I've gravitated towards through this program, leadership, uh, and just understanding what I'm good at and what I'm not. So mm. uh, one thing I'm not great at is admin pieces. Um, so filling out paperwork, doing my due diligence with that. Uh, so I've actually outsourced quite a bit of that side of the business. So just to understanding this is my forte. This is what's going to allow me to run a $400,000 business. If right. it's not my specific skill set, I should you know, look to delegate that. And I think for a lot of younger entrepreneurs, it's difficult to delegate those pieces because you know mo most aren't in a position where they can afford to do that. They're not working sure. at a scale where they can delegate those pieces. So I think I'm very fortunate in that sense to be able to kind of focus on my strengths and, and continue leveraging them. Yeah. And, and obviously paying to have them delegated. The other piece as well is, is actually knowing. So, you know, like leadership and sales are two of your really strong points. You know, it's not like you might've thought that two years ago, 
right? Oh, I think, you know, I, or, I, you know, you, or maybe you didn't have really much of a clue, uh, which I think would be not surprising, right? But then, you know, you get reps in and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, no, I, I'm, I'm good at this. I can, I can get good at this, you know, and, and, and build, build the skills based on raw abilities and, and, and be able to, uh, to really be successful in those areas. So what, what would you tell a young person who wants to jump into entrepreneurship if you, you know, had one piece of advice to give them? I would say through my experience, my first piece of advice would be to apply to the program. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, no, it it doesn't necessarily have to be student works, but, but I think we're, uh, especially in our time in university, we're in a position where we can afford to take risks, especially right out of school. And I think we should take advantage of those time to, you know, kind of feel out the market, see what we like, see what we don't like and, and take those risks while we're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also just to get started. Uh, and I yeah. know a lot of um, my my colleagues chatted about how they always had these ideas and these thoughts and they never put them to action and they just yeah. spent their years in university thinking, Oh, how, how awesome would it be if we could try and do that? Yeah. But I think just, um, you know, getting to work and putting those ideas into place, especially while you're young um, would be a piece of advice there. And then the other thing would be to find what makes you tick. Um, you'll never, you know, run a crazy large business only working for yourself. So for me, I know that um, we moved to Canada when I was seven uh, and I'm very thankful to my parents for being able to offer up that sort of opportunity for me. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, a little bit of, the, of their retirement was spent basically giving my sister and I that opportunity. So for me, like, I never want them to have to worry about their finances again. Right. So whether that means, you know, helping them retire, whether that means providing them, you know, financial advice <laughs> for their retirement, I right. just want to make sure they're comfortable and that they know I'm appreciative of what they've been able to give me. Uh, and I think that's definitely something that you know keeps me calling to 901 at night because I know that that's that's something I they know I want to achieve as well. So just holding myself accountable to that. Awesome, awesome. And the 901 comment, just uh, for background, is is we don't call after nine o'clock, you know, just because we think that's a little too late. So <laughs> that's awesome. No, I love I love that. You know that, and and one 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 group of people that we've always had really well represented in this like in this business has been you know first generation Canadians you know coming in here and really seeing the opportunity and what it is to be Canadian and having the the incredible opportunities we have and 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 I love I love is also just to to, to sort of shine a light on your 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 really taking action you know and and even if it's the wrong action take action get reps. You know, if you, if there, there's, you know, I know we, we get a lot of international leaders listening to our program and, uh, and so, so, so it doesn't work. That's okay. We learned a lesson. Now, obviously you don't want it not to work, but you know, just, just get in the game. Don't think about it. You know, yes, there's good to prepare and good to read and good to listen. And, but ultimately let's start taking action because that's where, that's where you're really going to get the, the, the lessons, you know, you can't learn to play, you know, soccer. I know the European cup's going on right now. So you can't, you can't play soccer, you know, from textbook and watching things and becoming a great soccer player, you know, yes, those things are important, but really what it is, is getting out on the field and, 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 uh, and learning or pitch, I guess, I'm not sure. But, uh, so what, what good habits should someone want to model after you, Tico? God, there's, two that I came up with here. So the first of which is to always ask for feedback. 
Okay. Uh, so I think complacency is a killer. So just understanding that uh, you really should focus on the things that you maybe didn't do perfectly yeah. uh, so you can continue bettering yourself. So whether that's with a painting projects, whether that's with an interview, whether that's with, you know, your personal relationships, just being upfront and being able to ask, hey, how did I handle that conversation? Or yeah. how do you feel about your, your painting project? Or how did I perform in this interview? Because yeah. if you don't ask those questions, you're just going to spend life wondering if you lived up to your potential. And mm. I think there's always room for improvement, whether I ran a business, a third year, a fourth year, a fifth year, there's always going to be you know key takeaways from those learning experience. So just, just asking for feedback would be the first thing. And then the second would be to, uh, you know, understand that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Uh, so even if I'm, you know, working out after a long days of work and I'm looking at that last exercise, you know, push-ups to failure, and I'm thinking, you know what, can pass on that for today. Like if you forego that last little exercise, you might not think anything of it in the moment, but that's going to translate to, you know, calling to 859 and then 858. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just holding yourself accountable to that utmost level of integrity and then watching it transfer to every area of your life. Um, so to realize that that success you want. Love it. Love it. You know, I love, I love, uh, you know, real focus on integrity as a habit, you know, and just, just doing what we say, making the plan and then keeping the plan, you know, uh, life's going to work great when we do that. So final question, uh, uh, Tika, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I would say someone who wants to be the the absolute best version of themselves and is willing to invest the time and the effort required to get there. Uh, so I think it goes back to our idea of, you know, wanting to do things and, and saying you're going to try and that not being enough. So just understanding, hey, if I want to run a business, if I want to you know lose some weight, just understanding what it takes to get to those goals. Uh, and then just um, whether it's, you know, a nonprofit, whether it's a painting business, whether it's really anything you set your mind to, just being the best version of yourself, asking for feedback and focusing on that personal development, especially while you're young and just watching it transfer to, you know, whatever you set your mind to. Fantastic. Well, that is awesome. Well, Tico, I really enjoyed our conversation uh, today. You know, let's keep crushing it. Excited to see you achieve your four hundred thousand dollar goal, which is unbelievable. And uh, and and again, you know, while doing it, you know, growing leaders in your business, you know, and really making an impact. So uh, so so, thanks so much for participating on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, no problem, Chris. Appreciate you having me. Been listening for quite some time. So happy to sit down and, and have this conversation with you. Awesome. Okay, we'll talk soon. Take care. Have a fantastic day. Bye bye. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, 
It's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.